Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen LaGuardia Finko with Cisco Acosta. We'll be calling in any minute. And uh, we have a great show for you tonight. Um, before I mention what we're going to get into, I want to talk about the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforbetterfuture.com, that supports this show. It is a 501c3 nonprofit. Again, um, if you can kindly go to the website, at studentsforbetterfuture.com and make a donation, that would be awesome. And also check out our internships for our students on the website. And um, hold on a second. I think this is Cisco. Cisco, can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Okay, got a little bit of buzz in your line, Cisco. Um, Okay, but anyhow, we do have a great show for you. number of topics to talk about tonight. And we're going to be calling our guests. His name is Mike Dougherty, and he'll be joining in just a minute. But before we get into him, Cisco, let's talk about a little bit about the shooting of Catherine Steinle. Yeah. Um, that was what a tra- that, that was a gal, a tra- and I know you've been talking about it all along. Um, she was the gal who was uh, walking with her father and a friend along Pier 14. Um, in the Embarcadero district of San Francisco, and she was shot by Jose Garcia Zarate, if I say it right. And yes. he claimed that he fired a sea lion um, and that he fired accidentally by picking up the gun, which he had claimed that he had found moments before. However, I want to mention this fellow, uh, Jose. Um, he was supposedly... Reported several times, correct? Yes, but the, the, as a felon, he's not supposed to. Uh, he's not supposed to have a gun. So uh, it's basically um, he, he. You know, the, these lawyers are basically trying to get away with murder. That's what. The, that's that's the that's the real issue, and 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 it's sad that the city of San Francisco. Instead of being concerned with the American people, they're concerned with illegals that are basically making the contribution to American society, but instead getting away with murder. And it's a sad day when I heard the verdict that an American woman, an American, was shot and an illegal was able to get away with it. That to right. me Not is only was she she was a young kid who basically uh was attending college at the California Polytechnic State University. And um uh, this fella well one night she was walking on the pier with her dad and this particular fella 
it's, it's kind of an interesting story because he was deported five, five times. Right. He kept entering the country, going back and forth, and a number of times he, he actually was caught smuggling drugs. And, um, right. So, and, and, and by the way, the police also had a drug, uh, an outstanding drug warrant for this fellow. Right. And so then the case, this case goes to court, and he gets off. Well, I wasn't surprised that he got off because, again, he's in San Francisco, in California. So what can the family do right now? Well, I think I think from what I've uh, been reading, uh, there's going to be federal charges going um, against him. Um, you know, they can file a, a, a lawsuit against the city of San Francisco and against all in the state of California. I think that that would be the first step for them to take, uh, because I think they would have a valid case. Again, they, they will be going up against the liberal establishment in California and the liberal judges that apparently – they're overjoyed, you know, and I've spoken to a lot of my friends in California that are basically having a, a uh, they're, they're having a, a building, build a Cape wall, Cape Island wall this coming Saturday in California, December 9th. They're also having another rally for Cape Stanley in San Francisco on December 16th. Uh, and, and, and I wish I was able to attend because uh, and go because there's a lot of folks that are really focused on on Kate getting justice. And right now, we're waiting on the federal government. We're waiting on my, uh, on, on Jeff Session, wherever Jeff Session is at, because he's disappeared to come alive. Uh, thank and you for saying that because that's our next topic. But go ahead. You know. Go ahead. Uh, and for just session to go ahead and, 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 and get justice because we will never get justice. I mean, Kate Stanley will never get justice from the California uh, establishment, liberal establishment. So I, I want to talk about Jeff Sessions for a minute. Okay. Then we're going to bring on our guest. Um, and the post that I put out today, some of the people got on Facebook it was the article, um, it says, read this. Mr. Sessions, I believe, Jeff is your name. And um, it goes, you must unrecuse yourself and get a handle on the beastly upper echelon of the FBI. You must replace uh, Mueller, Mueller, particularly with, some, with someone who can clean the bureau out. And then it goes on to say, Mr. Trump, we believe your name is Donald. Should Sessions not do this, you need to replace him with Rudy Giuliani or Chris Christie. And this is by the will and the order of the people. (laughs) Go ahead, Cisco. It's definitely, I totally believe that uh, President Trump has to make a 
a drastic decision regarding Jeff Session because as of right now, he's been a, a, a big bust, a big disappointment. Uh, we, as, as the American people, cannot allow uh, Jeff Session to become another, um, another individual at the, at the Department of Justice like um, Loretta, Loretta Lynch was or Mr. Holden that basically did not do their job. And this is coming from one of the toughest, what we thought was one of the toughest senators in the Senate, Jeff Session, he's become a really, really uh, not very productive in his time at the uh, Justice Department. So I think going with Christie or, or, or going with Rudy, would be a, a hell of a, hell of a, a great, I mean, great change and positive change. Uh, on this article, I'm telling you, most of people agree with it, uh, especially after all the the um, misbehavings and the undoings of, of the FBI. Okay, if, if you notice, their top investigators, particularly on the Hillary Clinton email scandal, they were all in favor for Hillary Clinton. A lot of them donated a lot of money to her campaign, right? Including Peter Strzok. Correct. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, he's exactly. Been, you know, he's been removed and put in a in a, a human resource department. But the deal, okay, it's got to be a a top down thing. They have to clean the house out because obviously yep. this was some kind of job. See, what they didn't expect, they didn't expect a Donald Trump presidency, okay? Oh, of course not. No, no, and, they, 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 that, that was, right, they, they right. were blind And if Hillary Clinton it. got in, if Hillary Clinton got in, we would have never heard this. Definitely. Donald Trump presidency, well, he's not on their team, okay? They need to get rid of him. They need to find evidence to move forward with an impeachment against him. Right, right. So, but yeah. yeah, I think I think so, I, I think so, at this point at this point we just need to uh, uh, um, Donald Trump needs to move on with uh, replacing Jeff Session. Right, and so well, I think what our group is going to be doing in the near future is we're going to be putting a petition out on this. So right. look for it in Facebook, okay? Wherever on the website, we're going to send everybody the information. Because this change needs to happen. Our country can't can afford to go through something like this. You know? Of course not. So, um, I, I mean, to me, it's a violation of, of our Constitution, and some are already calling us post-constitutional. You know, and I, well, I don't yep. want this, you know, a lot of us don't want this for, our, for the future. But anyhow, are we ready for Mike? Let's yes. see if we can get Mike on the line, Okay. Yes, uh, um, the last phone num- the last phone number that I, I I gave you. Okay, so we're going to try to get Mike online. Folks, we're going to switch topics just a little bit. Uh, and actually, if you guys remember Edward Snowden, uh, he was a, a guy who who brought out the facts about how our how our uh, liberties are being abused. But this is more along the to- topic of that. Uh, hope, let's see if we can get Mike on the line right now. Hello? 
Mike Doherty. Hey, Mike. This is Doreen, the Guardia Finkel of How are you? Better Future Radio, and Cisco is with me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, hold on. We're getting okay. Uh, so anyhow, uh, Cisco and I just had a lovely top topic conversation, and um, we want to talk about how our our cybersecurity, how our liberties are being breached. And we know you are the expert on that. One of them, not the. <laughs> but I know one of it. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Um, can you tell us what you do? Okay, so, well, I, I actually worked in medicine for 30 years, and then my company got hacked. And the hack government was so incompetent okay, they couldn't. Yep. Good. Oh, okay. Um, so the hacker was turned out to be working with the feds. He was trying to extort us, and when we wouldn't pay him, he turned us over to the federal government, uh, alleging that we had bad security practices, and they came after us. I wrote a book about that called The Devil Inside the Beltway. My company was destroyed by it, and then I, um, you know, it was incredible because everything turned out to be so terrifyingly true about the lawyers in the Federal Trade Commission that had no tech background, therefore they had no idea to or no skill to identify a criminal. Uh, they were believing the, this guy without researching uh, anything or, or confirming the evidence he was giving them. And he was doing all this to, to create a huge illusion of a, of a, of a problem in, within cybersecurity so he could make money off it. And so uh, the, what I learned was when you catch the government red-handed, they do not say, oops, sorry, we made a mistake. That's when they start getting corrupt and covering things up. So the medical laboratory was a cancer detection center in Atlanta. It was called LabMD. I wrote the book, The Devil Inside the Beltway, and it came out in, in 2013. The company closed about four months after the book came out, and uh, – it's been quite a ride ever since. Uh, Congress got involved after the book came out. I, House Oversight did an investigation. I testified in front of the oversight. They put out a big report. The media, by and large, did not grab grab it. it was, I don't know if it's just too complicated, uh, especially back then. They do not like to research things that are going to bite the hand that feeds them and the government with good story. So a lot of it got blown, really ignored. Uh, and then uh, a whistleblower came out, and he he said he's the one that stole the file, and that it's and that the FTC has got it wrong. And actually, what the company does is they've been working with the FBI on doing legitimate work. And while they're when they're doing legitimate work with the FBI, they do illegitimate and criminal things like steal files, steal metadata, and make up false losses and try to get companies to hire them to fix what isn't broken. So that created um, the Justice Department coming in and giving that guy criminal immunity and uh, furthering more investigations. And that's basically been my life. So my life has moved from medicine to cybersecurity, regulatory expertise. So now I'm an author and I'm on the board of a National Cybersecurity Society and I'm on the board of a, of a, of a internet startup. Uh, well, not it's a past startup, but it's a company called uh, Netgear, NetShield. And so 
you know, life has uh, been a big tsunami for me, and here I am doing tons of press on the on the reg- regulatory state, really, and how uh, we just don't have the rights that we think we have, and uh, it's and I because a bag has been intentionally placed over our head. So now let yeah. me ask you, okay, so, uh, it's, uh, I'm on my computer right now, okay? Yeah. The government can put malware on my computer, correct? Well, it depends on, well, system. sure they can. Um, they, they, I don't know that, um, it's not exactly how that works. Um, it, it is, there. you know, most of the breaches and what goes on here with the government looking at things is back doors. Uh, not so much malware, and they go after uh, more government-type stuff to see where people are threatening government. Um, they don't use it to spy on citizens directly, but they do do that secondarily because the Internet has mixed up all – I mean, it really has mixed up all the data together. The good guys and bad guys are on one pot, and so to find out what the bad guys are doing, they have to – impact the good guys but but the problem is the government the past five years especially has so violated the trust of the public that we're in a tough situation because they violated the trust i mean there are people in the government that have political aspirations and one way they they advance those is to look at data gathered for non-political purposes and they look at it politically to see who you support, where you live, what you do, you know, that type thing. And um, so, yes, I think the government actually looks at us, parts of it, and, and, but, but most of all this is really human error and incompetence. That's where the government really has hurt everybody. It's just their sheer lack of accountability and incompetence of getting the right people in the right positions to protect the country. Instead, they've just hired these sanctimonious, self-righteous lawyers that don't understand technology. Well, Mike, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the, I've been in the IT industry for a long time, so I've, I've done some security. Uh, and But one of the things that I've noticed over the years now is the fact that um, – Government has been utilizing the Googles of the world to basically gather a lot of that met- metadata, you know, and 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 work with uh, some of the intelligence agencies like the NSA, right? To gather gather uh, a lot of the habits of individuals um, for some for political reasons, uh, political motives, and 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 some for not, but. I- I guess it depends on on the the part, like Google especially. You know, it's interesting if you go back, Microsoft was the first big mega tech company that ignored Washington and paid the price for it. And everyone else keeps their enemy closer since then. But Google specifically, specifically is very close to Barack Obama. You know, when the founders was there with him the night of his second election, uh, you know, the way they keep Google in the good graces of the government is to let them use their tools and access for information. And that is a very, very, very dangerous thing. Very dangerous. And then the other parts of the government will make Google 
you know, make their data available. That's not necessarily a bad thing if it's used for the right way, because who's going to protect us? But these massive tech companies get politicized, and it's a real problem, because then you get, not only do you get to corruption, you get into First Amendment violations and all sorts of other things that we're really experiencing now. I think the general population is really learning that the free Internet is not free. The price we pay is privacy about who we are, what we do, and and the companies that are giving us our, their free searches or free you know Facebook stuff is leveraging the information they gather about us to drive um, drive just to, to basically sell the information through advertisement effectiveness and targeting for one way. I mean it's a problem. I mean you have you have Eric Schmidt, the head of Google. He sat on the board of of directors. Uh, Board of Technology Directors, I mean, in, in the Obama administration. Exactly. Yeah. Keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Or a lot of those people, you know, let, let's, let's face it, you know, a lot of those people are very young, extremely wealthy at a very young age, do not have a lot of life experience, and 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 read the headlines about what government ideally should be and think that's the reality. And so they naively support a regime. And Eric Schmidt, whether he was naive or not, was really supporting a regime. And he gave the whole power of of Google behind the Obama administration. Uh, Who knows if it was to protect his shareholders or if he has a political bent, but that is not how this problem is going to get solved. That's just a bunch of big dogs, you know, taking uh, advantage and, 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 and protecting themselves. From what can be a very hostile government, the regulatory apparatus in the United States, uh, while different from Europe because it's not as quite as broad or deep, but it is much more mean-spirited. It is much more politicized. And so, you know, and I'm not saying one's better than the other, but people need to understand that uh, the regulators in the United States are, are, are tough, tough people, and they play real dirty. And so that is that is why if you have experience with them, uh, you out of self-preservation, you try to build friends inside the government. And big corporations have more power in doing that than than small because they're future jobs for these regulators. I mean, the former commissioner for the Federal Trade Commission, Julie Brill, now works at Microsoft. So you know, and there's there's that yeah. revolving door, that big familial circle. You know, they go from big law to big government to big tech to big law to big government to big tech, and they're all just a big chummy crowd of people. In the meantime, the medium and small companies get squished and made examples of. It's very political, and it's a, it's a real problem. Well, so how do we protect I, I, ourselves from this? Well, I, I think like from being I think, tracked and get, and getting into bad things and all that. Yeah. Well, the, the big pro- the big problem is we have to understand the big problem, and the big problem is that these agencies have a ton of power, and it was given to them back in the early 20th century. This is not something that has been going on for just since Obama or Bush or Reagan, or take your pick. This has been going on since Woodrow Wilson, when the technological revolution or the medical revolution started, and suddenly the government had all these scientific and technological issues to deal with, and they did not want, I think intelligently, they did not want uh, politicians 
uh, politicizing science and medicine. So the intention was good. But the, tr- the big mistake that Woodrow Wilson made was that he did not understand nor he agree with the separation of powers because he was an academic. So that was your classic know-it-all. And he did not like the separation of powers. And when he built these agencies, these agencies approved by, you know, created by the executive branch, approved by Congress, have their own courts. They have their own rules. They have their own judges. And that's what people call the administrative law state or, you know, the deep state in a lot of ways. And the, the rules are such that you cannot get to a real court until you go through the agency process. And no one can interrupt the agency, not Congress or the courts. So, when, so what that creates is bullying, and it creates intimidation, and it creates a business decision on justice instead of the seeking of justice. So when a government person in an agency thinks you've done something wrong, you have the threat of how much they're going to rip it through you by having a several years long investigation, millions of dollars, you know, your attention's deflected from your business to dealing with these regulators, you get these press releases that are terrible, and so you settle. And you don't settle because you've done anything, you settle to make them go away. And that power grows and has become legendary. So now, ironically, these agencies are not full of experts. They like to say they're experts. They absolutely are not experts. They're politicians. They're bureaucrats. And they're out of, they have no accountability, and they're out for self-preservation. So cybersecurity is run by these agencies that have non-technical people running the show. Look at the EPA and how they screwed up Flint, Michigan, knew about that water problem, did nothing. I mean, the examples are endless. So the only way to really protect ourselves is to understand that that is what has to be changed, that that power is not going to be nullified until the public understands and makes Congress change it, because that's who created it. Congress gave them all this power, and if Congress would take their courts out of the agency. So, so when an agency wants mm-hmm. to sue you and takes you to court, mm-hmm. they take you to their judge. Mm-hmm. What kind of bias game do you think you got going there? <laughs> And it's, so, it's not taught to us in civics. We don't, the reason we're so vulnerable to this is we're baffled and confused because there's not a civics book in the country in a century that has taught us about this. So we still think we've got three branches of government, and then we're baffled when this happens. So I wish I had an easy answer how we could protect us. It's tough. Yeah, well, Mike. Yeah, Mike, people, I, yeah go ahead. I, I, I wanted to – Mike. I wanted to touch on the hacking that can occur in a, to our grid. How well, vulnerable are we? How vulnerable are we in the U.S.? I believe we are extremely vulnerable. Uh, for every day that passes, we're less vulnerable because they've been very, very aware of that. And they have closing, and there's a lot of secondary. First of all, things are broken up, and then there's secondary um, uh, uh, sort of safety nets. Uh, the electric grid uh, was quite old, and 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 need a lot of things. But it's I don't know the listen. I don't know the exact degree, but I know I'm, I've been at meetings, pretty small meetings, with like you know, 60, 70 people. 
uh, with, uh, you know, the, the head of the Department of Energy, and, and they were quite aware of, of this and put the pedal to the metal on that. Um, and we haven't seen it go on. So, you know, the, the attacks on the country are much more insidious. They're much more backdoor. Um, you know, they're much more stealth. They're, you know, look, we've had the Office of Personnel Management. That has been a terrible breach because of the information they got. You know, we've had people get into the State Department and the White House because of, you know, the crazy people, you know, a single employee clicking on uh, phishing stuff. So, so that's where the danger is because there's a relentless – they can try to get you to trip up automatically over and over and over and over, even at some stage using artificial intelligence to do it, waiting for one human being to screw up someplace in the government. When you have a government that has, does not value accountability – or education, and you can't even fire somebody. You know, it's not tough to find someone that's not real sharp at their job. Right, and right. you backdoor it. You don't, you know, you don't back. You don't go after the NSA. You go after the, you know, the Office of Personnel Management, which is basically the Human Resources Department. So it's, right. um, you know, that's that's where the real problem yeah. is. Well, I, I think I think from a perspective, from how I look at it. If I have my network, you know, I have a whole bunch of uh, DMCs and and firewalls. I know our listen, listeners may not know about this, but you have multiple layers of protection. I don't believe our federal government is there. They're so back behind. I mean, I work for the state of New Jersey, and they had they were running all systems. They were running some of these mainframes that were not up to date and some of these, ter- they were still using dumb terminals. Uh, so I, I still think that the level, the layers of protection are not there. W- what's your take on it? It's all over the place. You're right. Now, like when WannaCry hit last summer, I happened to be in England when that went on. And the reason they got hit worse than we got hit was because they have older systems. And some of the healthcare centers got hit because they have intentionally older systems. And the reason they have intentionally older systems is because the ancillary things, the ancillary testing diagnostic tools that come from small companies, you know, couldn't afford to be up to date. And Microsoft pulled the plug on updating older operating systems. Now, who do you want to blame? The small guy that's working in real niche development of medical diagnostic tools? Or do you want to blame Microsoft for pulling the plug on updating old systems so they can force everyone to spend money? This is what happens, you know, when they just walk away from their product after a few years. Um, and so then we get caught. And so you'll see um, less ad- the less advanced the economy or the government around the world, the more vulnerable they are because people either can't afford it or they stole it. You know, and you're not going to get your OS updated yeah. all the time when you stole it. And who steals it? You know, middle of uh, you know Slovenia. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. it's. it's um, but you're right. The governments are all over the place as far as state, local, remote. Um, but at the same time, with all that being true, most of this stuff is based on getting a human being to screw up, open a door, and allowing the vampire to enter. Uh, Mike, uh, were you aware that back in September, um, there was hackers, they, they were linked to the Russian government, and they've broken into our energy companies 
that were supplying electricity to America's power grid. Right. Big surprise. Espionage uh, goes on all over the time. All over the time. That, that, I mean, that's like that happened, that, and I'm sure it's not the first, nor will be the last. Okay, can it pull the entire grid down? No. Does that mean there's a Russian hacking conspiracy? My gosh, we hack everyone as well. Doesn't mean it's okay. Uh, we do right, it for more right. espionage. They do it to steal information. But you know what we are at is a very, very fast-paced version of China steal, you know, stealing our blue jeans and airplanes in the 70s. I mean, things have just happened so much faster and at such more frenetic pace. And and that's what you know. So yes, I'm aware, and, and everyone knows that. Uh, the problem is, what do you do about it? You know, you've got governments that don't care. You've got jurisdictions that aren't going to help. You call the FBI. If the criminal's not in the United States, you're out of luck. So we're in this situation right now where the only real way, I believe, we're eventually going to get this solved is through technological advancement, not human being training. Because the day is never going to come when, where humans don't make mistakes. And you're only as strong as your weakest link. You know, and it, that's right. just the way it is. Yeah, and the well, government right. is just um, a bunch of politicos. Well, yeah. we've had we've uh, had incidents with, we've had incidents with ransomware, which is becoming a real real in in our field, the IT field is really becoming uh, for companies. Where do you see ransomware going? Where's the direction ransomware is going, especially with you know? Well, well, essentially, essentially, Equifax paid giant ransomware. You know, so it, it's it, again that you've got your petty theft. I call them like the you know your cyber gypsies who go after individuals for small money, right? So go, they take your data. They want a grand or a few hundred dollars, and it's chump change. But it's there's nothing you can do because a lawyer's gonna be way much more money, and the police can't do anything. So if you don't back up your data, you know you're toast. So you, you, are you going to pay it? The only way to pay it in the long run, the only way these ransom people are going to be successful in the long run, is if they honor the ransom and really give up the information. If they build a reputation where they're never going to give it up, then that's not going to last long. So that that's going to have that's going to depend on that. And again, it's, it's just a, you're, you're always going to have these criminals. And the reason they're all over the place right now, and they're going to keep growing, is until we get some sort of technological at the root, proactive solution. So this stuff just isn't possible. And that's just going to take time because we are still very early in this technological revolution, believe it or not. And what did we do? You, you, people can't read the future. You don't know what you don't know. And, and we did a terrible job of, of building in security and privacy. We just didn't consider it. It was just roll out the software, get feedback on the bugs, yeah. put out a new version, and the game goes on. And 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 now, you know, instead of working collaboratively and try to make a solution, you've got the government running around trying to punish people. And I equate that to giving someone a fine because they caught cancer. <laughs> it's just, you, you know, you can you right, can beat right, up right. anyone that has a breach all day long. You can hang but, Equifax out to dry if you want. Good for you. I guarantee you, it's not going to change or improve our security and cybersecurity. It's just not going to happen. So we need like well, a cyber shield to, to go in and, and yeah. do this, what you're saying. I mean, ultimately, we need something that kills it at the root so this yeah. stuff isn't even, even – yeah. I mean, and, and it'll come. 
because now there's so much money involved on this. I mean, whoever does, and you know, the, who's the best at building all this stuff is the Israelis, because the Israeli government deals with these startups and they take care of them. They're very good at the care and feeding of technological startups, and they create these environments where these people can work in these incubators. And they're not, you know, incubators like in the states where these guys want to, you know, take care of these startups and then fleece them when they go public. Or you get a ridiculous amount of ownership. The Israelis, who's got more experience in having guns pointed at them than the Israelis? And, you know, when you go to RSA or something, you see all the startups, about a third of them are Israeli. They, you know, that's where the U.S. government should take a lesson from in collaboration. But, you know, most of, most of you know, the tech people in this country go look at the U.S. government and they just want to throw up because, you know, it's kind of terrifying how technologically well, ignorant I'm, I'm these people are. Them too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to join them too. Mike, Mike, you're absolutely yeah, correct. I mean, uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the uh, from an IT perspective, uh, I I always see the uh, Israeli technology technology so far so much more advanced than anyone else. Because they get support. Yeah. You know, in the United States, you got the Federal Trade Commission, all these other people pointing your guns. Oh, you had a breach. Oh, I mean, it's such a stu- it's the it's the dumb leading the dumb. You know, it's like the, you got these lawyers that just have the law, and they think they're saving the world, so they're holding these companies up as examples, and they're holding up medium and small companies because the big companies could be a place they could get a job later. You know, talk about these people think they're saving the world while they damage it. It's just a gargantuan waste of resources. And, you know, in 50 years, they'll look like fools. But right now, they're so proud of themselves. They think they're saving the world. They're just so proud of themselves. And I'm just, you know, the, the ego and the narcissism in Washington is really, you know, it's boundless. And, and the thing about computers, Thank as you. you know, they're unforgiving. Computers don't care who you are. <laughs> it's like, uh, and right, Hillary Clinton's right. learned it the hard way. <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, right. and all these politicians are learning it the hard way. So, but which I actually computer, kind of enjoy. With, with acid, right? She scrubbed, she scrubbed her computer with acid. So, but right to, to get rid, I, of, I, get rid I, of the I, evidence. I, I think I think um, one of the things that I wanted to ask Mike is, uh, and this is for our listeners. I mean, IPv6, which is the latest greatest thing to come out in the IT industry for uh, for IP addresses because we're, we're running out of them with IPv4. What it, it, According to what I've experienced and I've been reading, it wouldn't make it a lot more secure in regards to um, when it comes to the IP ad- address uh, issue? Uh, it's supposed to once we exhaust it, but what, what again, what happens is the timeline in replacing it. I mean, you solve one problem and create another. You know, there is, there's many ways for security, and none of it is all absolute. So that is obviously another new and improved mechanism. Uh, there will be a lot of technological benefits to this. You know, they'll, you'll be able to have a lot more control on what, and what goes where and what more access happens, and that, that's mm-hmm. good. You know, that's going to be a lot better, especially because so much of what we've got going on here is going to explode in a mobile sense. 
uh, it's you know it's going to be more wireless and 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 not there's you know obviously no one really has things plugged in cables right now anyway but servers are and so um you know so so yes but then you know you've got the transition time you've got the the, the legacy systems you've got right. the expense yeah. being called so this is the problem where again if it was Israel they'd be doing a better job of the care of feeding of all this and assisting the transition. In the United States, the Constitution says it's the government's responsibility to protect the commerce of the country, and they're not doing it. You know, they're sitting right. here, uh, and, and there's infighting within the country about this, by the way. I mean, the FBI, the, the Secret Service, these guys cannot stand regulators that go after organizations that get hacked and put those companies' head on a spike for all the world to shame. Because they know that while that, that anyone can end up getting hacked, if you took Equifax and you did an audit of Equifax and you took every other Fortune 500 company and did the same audit, you'd find – pretty much a nightmare everywhere yes. okay so because yes. it's about human error so yes. again you can feel all good and you can oh yeah we took them out and we did this to them it's not gonna solve the problem you might feel really good about yourself and you're mr big shot congratulations but it's not solving the problem of protecting the country protecting the country is going to be working together and defraying the costs and sharing information because once again people think oh every company is a big corporation what eighty percent of the country company the com, com, uh, companies in the country are small business? Like seventy percent of these breaches come from small business. So you could have Fortune five hundred be perfect, and you've tied up thirty percent of, of of the vulnerability. So it's just a big theater show in Washington where they can look in there and think they're saving the world. But once again, the beauty and the bad part about computers is it's going to smack in the face and say, I don't care who you are. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, you got a breach, yeah. sucker. <laughs> so. uh, but, Mike, don't these government agencies think that, you know, by investing in something like this, they could actually save jobs? Because they don't care about that. All they care about is their, their lawyers. Okay, so lawyers, lawyers only care about the mandate that's written by the agency. So the mandate for the Federal Trade Commission is to protect consumers, not to protect jobs. So they have decided, since they love to have an impact and they think they're so important, they've decided to start going after companies that have breaches and saying, we have authority over this because, we are, because you had bad data security, so you are not protecting your consumers uh, and your customers. Now, the problem is, they come at you with this cannon, and almost everybody settles. No one said they have the authority to do it. They just self-appoint. And because they're so bullying and corporations are full of a bunch of cowards with big, fat checkbooks, everyone just signs. And they get their authority by default until finally someone takes them to court. And that's and I'm actually with cybersecurity. I'm that guy. I'm the guy taking the Federal Trade Commission to court. We're at the 11th Circuit right now because we're saying you don't have the authority to do this. You know, you don't know what you're doing. You haven't authorized, but they do it anyway until they get smacked down because most people don't smack them down. And so it's nothing to do with jobs. It's except for their own jobs, and and for them to have some sort of mission and it drives i know the ftc specifically drives the secret service and the fbi nuts 
because the FBI and the Secret Service want companies to have a, 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 a proactive relationship with them. They want them to talk with them early, and they want them to come to them when there's a breach. But if, if you come to the government when there's a breach, the FTC might come running at you. So your lawyer's going to tell you, shut up. Just keep your head down. And um, unless you have something like Equifax, where they, you know, they all want, they're all going to run in. I mean, Equifax board fires everyone in two days, and the FTC says they're going to go and do, and and everyone's got their pitchforks and their lanterns, and they're going to rip Equifax to shreds. And when that day's over, they're all going to tell everyone, oh, see, we did our job, and and people that are voting, especially people that vote for Democrats, are going to sit there and go, oh yeah, we did some, and no one looks at results. You know, it just it doesn't happen. And and it, it'll do no good. I mean, ripping Equifax to shreds will do absolutely zero good. The only thing that'll work with Equifax is if they analyze what they did wrong and they use that to educate everybody else. That's it. And really, what they did wrong, and it looks like what they really did wrong, was to have some guy not pat something in Argentina. Now, who wants to throw a stone at that? Right. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Except people right. that vote don't, you know, know about passing. So it's crazy. So, Mike, uh, the reality that the American people are facing is that when it comes to protection, uh, the federal government, uh, technology protection, the electrical grid protection, and saving us and securing us, it's not there at all. And, oh no, and, we're behind. We're like, way behind. That's the bottom although, line. Although the more, the closer it is to law enforcement or the closer it is to national security, the better it is than when it goes to straight regulatory, you know, or not involved in that at all, which is why the Office of Personnel Management is the perfect example. It was basically the Human Resources Department for the U.S. government, so there was no one in there, and yet the data they had was so valuable, and they were told over and over and over. You are way behind. You are way vulnerable. Fix it. And no one fixed it. And then when it happened, no one got fired until there was such an uproar by the American public, they just fired the top person. That's it. And what the top person get? Probably retirement and a good bonus. So this does not build a culture of I better do my job or I'll lose my job. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I know it. It seems like this is very important, and it doesn't seem like a lot of the American people are aware of this issue. No, because you know, another, how are we going to be aware? You know, I mean, look at everything. I mean, every business today seems like they have to be uh, in whatever specialty. Look, I was in medicine for thirty years, and I have to be a medical expert and a technology expert. To run a company today, you have to wear two hats of expertise, whatever your business is and technology. That's a big deal. And the American public has to know it to be able to judge. That's a problem. They're not capable of doing that. You know, it's just it's it's a too big of an ask. And so, you know, we have overwhelming, to, overwhelming yeah. task. It's overwhelming. Yeah. You know, and, and you gotta understand that, you know, I it's like I'm not if you're ignorant your opinion doesn't matter. I didn't say stupid, but ignorant. So if you don't understand technology, whatever your opinion is of technology really doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> you know, if you right. don't know medicine, and you don't know medicine if you're a patient, you know, if you don't really have medical training, 
you know, your opinion about medicine doesn't matter. You, you know, and so, but yet we've decided to give these people without education, uh, you know, a say, and let's see how that's working for us so far. It's just not. But, you know, now we have, I don't know, you know, we've got so much shaking up in D.C., and people are seeing this. And I think, you know, I think it's good. I don't think New York's going to go red tomorrow. But, I, you know, I, I don't know anyone that, wouldn't, that voted for Donald Trump that wouldn't do it again. Uh, right. New York has only been on the wrong side of the uh, uh, Yeah, well, it's what happens when, you're, when you've got this huge, densely population. Yeah. And New, and so New Mike, Jersey, by the way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mike, in it's regards to technology, technology advancements within the medical industry, since you're very uh, familiar with the medical, how, how, where do you rank it? Where 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 do you see the medical technology, um, the latest developments in technology, and how to protect the uh, the privacy issues that a lot of People, individuals like myself uh, or, or Doreen would be concerned. What would uh, the well, loopholes the, in the technology aspect? This, because they're, they're all over the place because medicine is so huge, you have to break it down. You've got like the physician's office that can really be like small, small business. Now, you've taken physicians the past 20 years, starting thank, thanking actually Richard Nixon for the, the stupid idea of HMOs and then Hillary Clinton and Obama creating this belief that the system is way more broken than it was. And so then you turn practitioners into bureaucrats and carpet, I mean, um, uh, paper pushers. And then you cut their reimbursement and you attack them from all sides and they have less and less and less time practicing medicine. Now you've got Obamacare that's mauled them and, and people are just retiring and quitting and merging together so they become these, you know, sort of indifferent, you know, companies. And then you come in and you hit them with technology. I mean, and ba- honestly, you just most doctors will just flip you the bird. <laughs> then you've got hospitals, which are way behind and, you know, have also been very broken by Obamacare. And then you're supposed to come in and bring all this stuff in. And, and, and that, that is very dangerous because the people in the government would say, well, then we have to have a, a bigger hospitals and, and, and less of them but bigger and so they can afford this. And, and everyone forgets about the patient because the fact of the matter is <laughs> medicine is the industry of, of there will never be an assembly line because the human body will never, never be controllable like that. And so you can't have this one-size-fit-all stuff or you will – kill people and this is what happens in these other these other countries when they try it uh so so there's that area then you've got what a lot of people are talking about that's vulnerable is all the technological implantable devices you know are you going to use uh technology for your pacemaker and is that going to give some sort of access and you know that that is an issue uh it's something that that HHS and the FDA need to work on appropriately. It's something that can be done, but that's just a real small niche. That is not going to secure medicine uh, from your health data. It's gonna, it's gonna stop. You know, what, if you want to work on the fact that you know some hacker can't come and and hack a device inside you and kill you, um, and that's certainly a, an important thing. But that that's the small part of the whole issue that's in front of the world of medicine right now. Got it. 
And boy, and and that's just, I mean, it's like, how many messes do we need? (laughs) Yeah. You know the microchips that they've come out? Um, Yeah. They've come out, they use them in pets. And um, let's see, I'm I'm concerned that that might cause cancer. Because we don't know this yet. everything's going to cause cancer. I don't know that... um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I worked in cancer detection a long, long time, and uh, you know, cancer is very um, cancer is cancer is another term that that can mean so many things because there's so many different types of cancers. And on the on the other hand, we're making so many advances in cancer that it won't surprise me if in 15 or 20 years that cancer is just a chronic disease. So you know, technology is not a straight shot. You solve one problem, you create another, and then you got and then you have to solve it. But overall, it's much better than you know 150 years ago. So it's it right. it might cause cancer. I I don't know that it wouldn't. And if it does, um, it won't be that prevalent. And are we better off with or without it? You know, I don't. I don't see that's going to be oh, real. Well, I'll, I'll wait to I'll wait till all the other pets get it first. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> wait a wait a <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you know, it is all the probability versus the severity. You know, it's like, it's it's tough. I could I, I don't even want to tell people. There's always horror stories in medicine, from anesthesia and everything else. I mean, everything can do something scary, but by and large, it's really great that we have it than not have it. Do, do you find do you find uh, yeah. that the current do you find that the current uh, my, the current tools and I've used a couple here and there uh, the tools that are utilized in the cyber security industry are up to par to counter a lot of the hackers. No, because it's all human error. So you can build the biggest lock you've ever built in the whole world, and if you drop the uh, the, the code to open it on your desk and someone picks it up, yeah, that's a waste of money. So, look, they're getting better and better and better, but it, there's a million things. There, there's the physical aspect. There's the corporate culture. Uh, right. There's the, 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 the corporate culture is a big deal because if you run around playing the blame game, then what you're going to have is an IT department that just shuts up. Uh, and so it, it's and, and this is why the, the Sony breach and the Target breach and the Equifax breaches are the three biggest breaches as far as sort of corporate attitude uh, because it used to be, well, you know, big deal, you know, I'll just fire them, we'll be fine, and you know, or do it because I say so. And then Sony happened, and all the big executives had all their secret emails read in public. Well, that made a lot of people freak out. And then, you know, and then Target happened and people got fired. And then so now you'd like to think they would have did it, done it to protect their company in the first place because that's theoretically their job. But it didn't but didn't get their attention until it hit them close to home, humiliated them and cost them their careers. Um, And that's, you know. That's okay, I guess. It's still not going to make the problem go away. It makes people pay attention to the problem, though. Right. I mean, because because in the last couple of years yeah. we've gone uh, we've gone from from okay enter your enter your username and password or enter a password and we give it uh, alphanumeric eight characters and change it every ninety days to a token base a token base system which seems or, to work or, a lot or, better. Or we're not letting you in, and then, or, or you can put that in, and then we're still gonna send a code to your cell. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, so so you're right. You're right. I mean, there there is not full proof, and that's what I I said to a lot of my uh, in my in my field. You know, there's not full proof of you know there's 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 loopholes. There's 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 weak uh, when they code programs. They're they're basically they leave a lot of a lot of holes open in the in, in the coding. And they're always going to have to do it. So this is the thing. This is why, you know, it's like it, there's just never going to be planes that don't crash. So are we going to stop having planes? You know, I mean, it's there's always going to be some problem, and it's and we just have to evolve and get better and better. But over time, it'll it'll improve and it'll improve and it'll get better. But the big problem is accountability, not technology. If in the world will never agree, the big problem with the internet is it's eliminated the borders between legal jurisdictions, and so criminals get to come and practice and, and be criminals in other jurisdictions, you know, through a cyber uh, existence. And that means, that, hey, you ain't going to jail, buddy. So have at it. <laughs> you know, so it's it's, right. it's just, and right. so you know that's that's like looting, and this, so they're all looters, and and all right. this other stuff can happen. But if you don't have some sort of jurisdiction accountability for the criminal, it's gonna you're gonna have a free fall. Right. We got right now. We've got Best Buy open, right. and we've got a big sign going, free televisions, <laughs> or don't have to pay us, we'll do nothing. <laughs> so <and> then, <laughs> right. that's what's going on. Um, yeah. uh, okay, Mike, we're oh. actually running out of time. Um, well, you uh, your let's, uh, Mike, or? Yeah, your website and your books. The books yeah, so the book is The Devil Inside the Beltway, and, and the website's thedevilinsidethebeltway.com. And the book is, is really timely because it talks about – it's written like a novel of a real FTC government investigation. It'll, it'll terrify you because it'll destroy your illusions of competence. Uh, but it's at, at the best place is Amazon. It's an audiobook, ebook, hardcover, and softcover. And then you can, you can uh, um, learn the it, scary truth there. Yes. And it, it, if you clicked on a, a, our webpage, I do have the link to it. Um, oh, good. So it will take you to 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 the Amazon site. Definitely, yeah. definitely, um, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, Mike, yeah. I I, so, I think um, it's it very informative, uh, and and I definitely uh, I, I love cyber. I, I, I love cyber. I mean, I, I'm an IT guy. I've been an IT guy for, and I, I love cyber. Um, and it's great um, listening to you because I think that definitely the, our listeners awesome. will. Yes, definitely come yeah, back. Yeah, it's an uh, interesting time. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so, okay, so we have to wrap up. Um, and Mike, we we will certainly have you back because this is very educational. Um, and and guess what? Uh, we have a um, couple of great guests coming up. One is from a group called Judicial Watch. Oh, good. Uh, they they will be on our show, yep. Uh, and um, then we can really get into the deep state. And Judicial Watch is awesome. And a few others. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Every every so, week we uh, have we, we every week we have a, 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 a an exciting guest like just like you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, you guys have a great holiday. <laughs> and thanks a lot. You t- you uh, too, Mike. Ab- absolutely. And and this is like a political psychotherapy show. So, um, Good. Yeah. Well, well, there'll be no end to that. And, 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 and then, and, you know, and 
this way, this way, in the night you can all sleep at night because at least you know you you talked it out on the show. So yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, all right, Mike. That so, or medication. Yeah. All right, take care. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Have a good one. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Folks, um, we are out, and thank you for listening to tonight's show. And stay tuned to next week. Talk oh. to you next week. Yeah.